Okay, well, we'll just get started. Uh, I want. <clears throat> I know, of course, today's Easter and stuff, but let, let's take a look at some of this stuff. It's amazing. A lot of people think Easter, Easter, well, it's the resurrection. And, of course, some people think it's, or the Easter is, you know, that's uh, it's just because uh, actually the word Easter comes from, it's sort of like winter's over with, here comes spring, you know. And, of course, the, the Christians, we took off on that, too. That's great. But it's also, it's also uh, the, the thing about Easter is really around the Passover. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, we think about the resurrection, we think about Jesus. He's resurrected from the dead, which is, that's great and stuff. But you got to go back and find out what's going on. And I'm telling you what's so amazing with this is, is that it's all about the Lord. See, we didn't make ourselves. I mean, I, I mean, I, we have been inundated so much. The, the earth is billions and billions of years old. Well, that's in, that's in contradiction to that book because we get dates and times there. It doesn't clock back that far. Jesus thinks that in the beginning he created a male and female. Oh, apes, you mean. No, no apes. Your DNA, if you take a good look, look at, do, just do Google some searches on a young earth and you'll find all this stuff and you'll go, they didn't tell me that, you know. But your closest DNA is a chicken. It's not a monkey. Otherwise, we'd be taking monkey hearts and whatever and trying to make kidneys and plant transplants. But that's not happening because they don't, they don't match. But anyway, enough of that. We're, we're already... No, the word of God's true. So we're just following that. So it's interesting that the whole world right now is tracking Easter. <gasps> so what's Easter? Well, let's go and find out a little bit about it here. In First Corinthians, and we're going to go over here to chapter uh, chapter five because um, we're particularly looking for uh, this phrase called Passover. Now we can relate to the word Passover here because hang on a second, right here. Here's where we get it. Uh, purge out therefore the old leaven, leaven meaning something to do with bread rising, whatever, okay, that you may become a new lump as you are unleavened. It's just talking about bread. Let's don't worry about that. It's just a type and shadow of something. For even Christ, notice this, our Passover, <gasps> Passover, high tech word. It's two words put together. Pass over. Let's, let's put it on the parkway here. It's an overpass. You know what that is? Overpass. So you can keep on going, okay? Or if you're down here, these guys can come over and they don't interfere with you making left turns and right turns. That's exactly what that word is. Christ is our password, uh, password, password, Passover. Uh, notice his sacrifice for us. Now, uh, we know Jesus died on the cross and we know all that kind of stuff. Well, let's take a close look just a moment at some things here. Oh, uh, let me switch back over to uh, uh, the Living Bible here just a moment. And let's go now to, let's close that down. No, oh, yeah, I do. Hang on. Let's go. That was in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And now let's go back to John. Oh, here we go. John's gospel. In John chapter 1, remember there's a guy by the name of John the Baptist. He's not the one that wrote uh, this, uh, this gospel here. But he's mentioned, uh, notice God sent John the Baptist. Okay, well, a little bit of details here, but we're not going to cover them. Uh, these people tried to ask uh, Oh, John the Baptist, hey, are you the Messiah? And John said, no, I'm not the Messiah. I'll tell you who is. And he pointed him out. Here they are. The Jewish leaders sent priests and assistant priests from Jerusalem to ask John whether he claimed to be the Messiah. Now, they weren't like, we really want to know. No, they hated John the Baptist. They hated the crowds of everybody going out there to him. Okay? They were just mad. You're not doing it our way. He flatly denied it. said, I'm not the Christ. He said, well, then who are you? He said, well, they said, were you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the prophet? Anyway, he explains, he says, now I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But anyway, notice he keeps going, just speed ahead just a little bit. Uh, the next day, John saw Jesus. Now, who's Jesus? Well, a little picture over here. We know who Jesus is. Okay, so that's who he's talking about. John saw Jesus. Now, look what he says. He didn't say, you know what? He's really my cousin. He's Because he was. He was a direct cousin of him. You know, 
his aunt's child, his aunt's son, whatever, Mary. But notice what he says. He doesn't even take time to say howdy doody, how's things going back at the house? No. He says, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, why do they call it Lamb? Jesus just docile or something? No. Remember the word Passover? Christ is sacrificed for us? Hmm. Passover, that's what Easter's all about. The Lamb of God. Now, let's pull it a little closer to home here. The book of John, you could read the book of John probably in three or four nights at least between if you read in the evenings, I mean, just for about 45 minutes, you'd probably be done before Friday. If you started uh, Monday night, you'd be done with it. You'd be so thrilled with it. You'd be like, oh, I got to finish this. Here we go. Right before all your gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all track historically from start to beginning. I mean, start to end. So at the end of any of these gospels here, this goes to, this goes to 22, uh, John chapter 22, actually 21. But anyway, at the end of it, of any of these Gospels, is when you're going to find Jesus gets crucified. Okay, so here we go. Notice, look at that verse right there. Jesus knew on the evening of Passover day, wow, that it would be his last night on earth before returning to his Father. Wow. Okay, so now we know he's the Lamb of God, okay, referring to a Passover. This is happening on a Jewish festival called Passover, which we'll find out in a moment, they were supposed to celebrate, but of course they would forget about it and didn't even remember what it was about. And what's funny is today, some people, we think today it's just to us resurrection. It's Passover. It is resurrection. That's just part of it. But see, a lot of times we think it's all attitude. I'm learning to be a better Christian. And the whole time my finances are going down the drain. My family is going down the drain. My health is going down the drain. But I'm learning to take it all. That's not Passover. Passover, the whole truth of this thing, if you go back and we will in a moment, Passover, if you remember when it started, it was the destroyer was come. And what did he do? He came and he destroyed in Egypt the firstborn. Say, well, God, God's just mean and ugly. The Egyptians were mean and ugly. They would have kids and they'd say, hey, we worship the Nile. Let's take little Johnny and let's toss him into the Nile. That's the reason they told all the Hebrew when they were had enough of the Jews. They said, from now on, all the Hebrew baby boys, throw them in the river. <gasps> so anyway, but Passover here, the Lord was referring to when we find out here, it's a Passover of destruction. Jesus is our Passover. Thank God we're going to heaven. We're not going to hell. That's a Passover. But it's so much more. Anyway, Jesus knew. He's fixing to be crucified, okay? On the evening of the Passover... It would be his last night on earth before returning to his father. So interesting that the, remember they brought Jesus to Pilate. Well, actually they brought him to the high priest and they said, well, why don't you just tell us, are you the Christ or not? And he says, you're going to see me coming in clouds of glory. And they ripped their clothes. What? Blasphemy. Ah! So they sent him to Pilate to have him crucified. Pilate didn't want to have him crucified. I don't find any fault in him. <coughs> remember, he's the lamb. There was no, he was spotless, the spotless lamb of God. But anyway, on that very... Uh, Oh, weekend of the uh, Passover, Jesus, well, it's just a coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. Because remember, Christ is our Passover. Now, let's go back and let's uh, look at some other things here. Let's go back and find out a little bit what is all this about. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so we go back here to the book of Exodus. Remember, Exodus, if you'll notice, there's Genesis. Genesis means beginning. It's not like, well, I, I'm smoking the wacky weed here and I'm drunk all night and I'm just going to make a book, book <laughs> called Genesis. It was the book of Genesis. You go look and study about uh, the Grand Canyon 
And you think, well, it was billions and billions of years. Well, how come there's no erosion marks? Something blew that thing out real fast. Yeah, probably like within a week. You know, above the, the, uh, the uh, Grand Canyon, that used to be called, guess what? Grand Lake. Grand Lake's not there anymore. Hello! That's because it blew out in Noah's flood. Anyway, back to this. Genesis here. Doesn't last long. Just 50 chapters. Very detailed about what happened. And, uh, but anyway, you say, what's Exodus? Well, it's the tail end of Genesis. Genesis, just real quick here. Look at this. Genesis, the end of Genesis. You've got, uh, where did I go? Ooh, way too far. Here we go. Genesis. Here we go. Let's go to 50. That's what I'm looking for. In Genesis 50, Joseph, remember he was vice Pharaoh. He was down there in uh, Egypt. And of course now his dad, who was Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay. Jacob had passed away, so that's the end of that. Anyway, notice this. Joseph approached Pharaoh's staff and requested to speak Pharaoh on his behalf. They had this, uh, anyway, they, they had a great funeral, and it was amazing. Oh, they, uh, oh notice this. There was, a, <laughs> there was national mourning. For 70 days. This is in, a, in another country. In Egypt. Okay. But anyway. Later on time passes by. It actually was about 450 years. Because the Lord had told him it, in Genesis chapter 15. That to Abraham he said. Your descendants are going to be slaves for 450 something years. Okay anyway. Here's, here's Exodus right here. Now. In the book of Exodus here. Uh, we immediately kick off with Moses. And let my people go. Okay. First couple of chapters. We'll get you into that. But let's go straight to what happened. Here we are. This is this thing called the Passover. The Lord said to Moses, I will send one more disaster on Pharaoh and his land. After that, he'll let you go. In fact, he'll be so anxious to get rid of you, <laughs> he'll practically throw you out of the country. Now, let me back up just a little bit into that 10th chapter, just a moment. <clears throat> oh, let's see. Right here. Let's see if it's right here. Oh, yeah. Notice this. Oh, Pharaoh is still saying, hey, I'll let you go. No, I won't let you go. Yeah, I'll let you go. No, I won't. Well, Pharaoh, Pharaoh and Moses is about to blow a gasket here too. Because <laughs> Pharaoh again goes, I ain't letting you go. Look at this. So the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go. And some people say, no, no, whoa, 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 God was behind that. Well, let me tell you something. The whole world knew nothing about God. And God said, because these guys, remember, they're throwing their kids to the fire. This is the reason. They're throwing their kids. They're doing all, they're worshiping all kind of, any kind of God they can find except for the one true God. Nobody knew who the one true God was. But anyway, <clears throat> the Lord had told Moses that what stories you're going to be able to tell your kids, all the miracles, because Remember, not one plague touched the Israelites, which is key to us. You know, sometimes we think, well, we all just go through the fire. Well, my Bible says you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Remember that in Isaiah? And through the rivers, it shall not overflow you. But we, we, we teach each other that Christianity is the church of hard knocks. No, it's not. What's the purpose of prayer? When you read the book of Psalms, you find out prayers, get me out of trouble. And he will, praise the Lord. So watch this. Anyway, so the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let him go. Get him out of here. I don't, don't let me ever see you again, Pharaoh shouted at Moses. Uh, the day you do, you shall die. That's what Moses threatened, you know. I mean, excuse me, Pharaoh threatened Moses. Anyway, Moses said, very well, you'll never see me again. <clears throat> okay, now, puts us right into 
The next thing the Lord said, the Lord said to Moses, I'll send one more disaster on Pharaoh and his land. And after that, he'll let you go. In fact, he'll be so anxious to get rid of you, he'll practically throw you out of the country. Tell all the, the excuse me, tell all the men and women of Israel to ask their Egyptian neighbors for, oh, excuse me, y'all aren't supposed to see that. Let me tell you something. The Lord wants to bless your financial situation so much. And you're just not reading your Bibles if you're not picking up on that. Somehow we think it's, it's dirty. Who is dirty? It's not dirty. Praise the Lord. When you get your bills pray, paid, it's fantastic. When you have extra, it's fantastic. <sighs> this is Passover. This is the part of it right here. He said, go tell the Egyptians, you know, to ask them for gold and silver. Matter of fact, in the earlier part of, uh, we don't have time to get to it, but the earlier part of Exodus here, God told Moses, he said, I'm going to bring them all out. Matter of fact, the book of Psalms says that they came out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble one among them. It meant sick. All right. For God caused the Egyptians to be favorable to the people of Israel. Moses was a very great man in the land of Egypt and was revered by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. Matter of fact, Pharaoh's officials kept looking at their boss, Pharaoh, saying, Are you trying to kill our nation? Quit doing this. You're going to have our whole nation messed up. Because the officials were already believing everything Moses said because it was true. Now, Moses summoned uh, Pharaoh. Uh, Jehovah says about midnight I'll pass through Egypt. Pass? Yeah, pass over. Okay? I'm going to pass through Egypt. And all the oldest sons shall die from every family in Egypt, from the oldest child of Pharaoh, heir to his throne, and it's all the way down to cattle and whatever. Unless you read this, you'll be thinking, well, I feel sorry for Pharaoh. Chapter 1, send all of the Hebrew kids, throw them in the river, kill them. And then they were doing that anyway. And a whole bunch of other terrible things. Because they were worshiping the sun. The sun requires human sacrifice. The sun does this. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so he announced this. Okay, so all the way down to the lowliest, the oldest child of the lowliest slave, even the firstborn of the animals. Wow. There's a point right there. There's a Passover for your animals. I know we have a heart for our animals and stuff, but sometimes that's the last thing we think about is praying for our animals. Well, God's not going to help your animal. You got a Passover. Praise the Lord. I mean, Easter celebration should be the most exciting thing that you know biblically in your, biblically in your life. It's not just, well, it's a resurrection. It's more than a resurrection. The resurrection is the, is the confirmation of the covenant that this stuff is true. Gold and silver and the death has been stopped. Hallelujah. Anyway, the wail of death will resound through the entire land of Egypt. Never before has there been such anguish and it will never be again. Boy, this was going to be bad stuff. Wow. Okay. Look at this. Look at verse 7. I know we all got things we've got to do today, but try to stay with me for just a few more minutes here because I know how it goes. The Bible says that Jesus said, if you've got ears to hear, listen, watch this. Not a dog shall move his tongue against any of the people of Israel. Now, that, well, that's just Israel. You and I are Israel today. If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You couldn't be more of a Jew today than anybody, okay? Because of Jesus, because you're brother to him, okay? Not a dog moved his tongue 
against any of the people of Israel. Now, this is Passover. So when things are going wrong for you in your life, you should be thinking, praise the Lord, I'm free from this. Jesus is my Passover. All this stuff is supposed to pass over me. It's not supposed to be wiping me out. Then you'll know that Jehovah makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelis. All these officials of yours will come running to me, bowing low and begging, please leave us at once and take your people with you. Only then will I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, only then will I go. Then red-faced, he's still talking to Pharaoh, excuse me. Then red-faced in anger, he stomped out of the palace. Wow. Mm. Okay, the Lord told Moses, Pharaoh won't listen. And uh, this will give me the opportunity to do mighty miracles, uh, demonstrate my might, excuse me, doing mighty miracles to demonstrate my power. Uh, you know, when Joe, Joshua got to the promised land, Moses just, pew, just died, okay? God told Joshua, don't worry about going in the promised land, because he said the same thing. He said, you remember the miracles I did to Pharaoh, same miracles when you cross that Jordan and go into the promised land. Sometimes we think all the miracles are over with. No, they're not. They're all the time. They belong to you and I. Anyway, okay, so although Moses and Aaron did these miracles right before Pharaoh's eyes, the Lord hardened his heart so that he wouldn't let the people leave the land. Now, the reason was because nobody was going to church. There was no church. They didn't know who Jehovah was. Jehu? Jehovah? Huh? What? Well, they were finding out here. Here we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, from now on, uh, this month will be the first and most important part of the entire year. Annually, on the 10th day of this month, announce it to all the people of Israel. Each family shall get a lamb. Hmm. See, this is Passover. Okay. Remember, Jesus was crucified on the night of Passover. Okay. Or if a family is too small, it shall share the lamb. Behold the lamb, John said. Takes away the sin of the world. Wow. Or stops that Passover. See what I mean? Or, or creates Passover for us. With another family in its neighborhood. Whether to share, uh, excuse me, uh, whether to share in this way depends on the size of families. This animal shall be uh, a year old, either sheep or goat, without any defects. Hello. Jesus never did once sin. He was spotless, right? On the, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, all these lambs shall be killed, and their blood shall be placed on the two frames of the door of every home and panel in the, uh, above the door. In other words, the top. Some folks say, you know, it's the top part, the door frame. You've got a top. And over here, well, it looks like a cross. If the blood, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it still lets somebody know, the death angel here, that, oh, there's blood on that door. Well, is it Dustin's blood? No, it was a lamb. This is so much grace. It's fantastic. You are never, ever, ever going to pay for your sins. Why would you? You couldn't anyway. What would be the price? What could you pay? Like one song I used to sing. You know, it wouldn't be enough to buy one splinter of the cross that Jesus died on. No matter what you do. You, you couldn't pay for this if you tried. No way. Everyone shall eat, oh, shall eat roast lamb that night. Now think about communion. We take the cup. Uh, coffee, we understand here, but in the bread, we break it. That was talking about Passover. We're replicating all this. Everyone shall eat the roast of the lamb that night, unleavened bread with bitter herbs. The meat must not be eaten raw or bowl, but roasted, including head, legs, liver, heart, whatever. Don't eat, don't eat the next day. If it's not all eaten, burn what's left, okay? Now watch this. Eat with your traveling clothes on, prepared for a long journey. Well, well but I'm not feeling good. I'm not... This is so fantastic. When you think Easter, praise the Lord. God's going to help with my back. He will. It's all year round too as well. But it's just a reminder of all the great miracles that are yours. 
Anyway, wear your walking shoes, carry your walking stick in your hands, eat it hurriedly. This observance is called the Lord's what? Passover? Yeah. For I'll pass through the land of Egypt tonight and kill all the oldest firstborn, firstborn males, animals, and all the land and execute judgment. See, there it is, upon all the gods of Egypt. I am Jehovah. See, there's no, some people, see, our society, we're trying to be so politically correct, it just wrecks our churches. Sometimes we have way too much music going on. We don't go back to the details and find out what it's all about. We think, well, our nation, we're, this, is just, you know, this is just, you know, our version of our God. There ain't but one God. There's only one God. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Wow. Anyway, the blood you've placed on the, uh, on the uh, doorpost will be proof that you obey me. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. And I will not destroy your firstborn when I smite the land of Egypt. You'll celebrate the event each year. This is a permanent law. Hello, Easter. That's what we're doing. To remind you of this fatal night. The cel- now notice it's called a celebration. Well, I ain't celebrating. Yeah, you are. There's no death in your family. Not even a dog's barking at you. Praise the Lord. That entire period, you are to eat only bread made without yeast. Anyone who disobeys this rule during the seven times, it'll be excommunicated from Israel. I mean, that's, the point there is just like, why would you want to forget this? Okay. On the first day of the celebration, uh, again, our churches don't... <laughs> It's the furthest thing from a celebration. I mean, people just, we feel so condemned. We go to churches and we go, oh, I guess I've been to church because I feel depressed, you know. I think God's angry with me. It's a celebration. I mean, what a rejoicing thing to realize that it passed over, didn't touch you. Praise the Lord. Anyway, this annual celebration with unleavened bread will cause you to always remember today uh, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember, he already told him in this same chapter, gold and silver, and they came out from under slavery. Remember, mercy. You didn't even own yourself. Somebody owned you. It's a law you'll celebrate this day annually, generation after generation. Okay. Only bread. Whoops. Hang on. Passed that, didn't I? Uh, yeah. Only bread without yeast may be uh, eaten from the evening of the 14th to the, until the evening. And the reason there was no yeast was because you were in a hurry. We ain't got time for it to rise. We're getting out of here. Why are you getting out of here? God just paved the way. Okay, these seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. During that time, anyone who eats anything that has yeast will be excommunicated from the congregation of Israel. Okay, these same rules apply to for- foreigners who live among you or born in the land. Okay, anyway, repeat though, again, I repeat, those, uh, during those days, you must not anything made with yeast, uh, only yeastless bread. Now, Moses called for the elders of Israel, said, go get the lambs. Okay, go get ready, depending on your family, and kill the lamb that God will pass over you and not destroy you. Drain the blood and the, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. And then take the, a cluster of hyssops and dip them in lamb's blood and strike the hyssops against the lintel above the door, against the two side posts, so that there will be blood upon them, and none of you shall go out all night long. For Jehovah is going to pass through the land and kill the Egyptians. When he sees the blood on the panel of the door and on the two sides, he will pass over, okay, that home and not permit. Notice the phrase. Look how it's called now. Not permit the destroyer hmm, to enter in. And kill your firstborn. Remember, this is a permanent law for you and your posterity. That means your kids, your families forever. When you come into the land, the Lord will give you, just as he promised, when you're celebrating Passover, your children will ask, what does this mean? What is this ceremony? And you're going to reply, here's why. It's a celebration of Jehovah passing over us as he passed over the homes of Israel. Though he killed the Egyptians, he passed over our houses and didn't come in and destroy us. And he's not going to destroy you today either. Okay, so Moses, uh, excuse me, so uh, the people of Israel did as Moses commanded. And that night, Jehovah killed the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh's oldest son, all the way down to those captive in the dungeon, the firstborn of all cattle. 
All right, Pharaoh and the officials and all the people got up in the night. There was bitter crying throughout the land. There was not a house where there was not one dead. And you think, gosh, this just seemed like such a hard thing. Remember, people didn't know anything about God. Now they're finding out. And guess what? When the Israelites finally got to the promised land, this stuff had been emailed out. They already knew about them. We know who Jehovah is. Jehovah's with you. You know, they were scared out of their gourd. Even the giants were falling over. Remember, they, when the spies went into the promised land, they, they came back with a bad report. So, there's giants over there. Well, the giants were already scared. Anyway, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron during the night and said, Leave us. Go away. All of you. Go and serve Jehovah as you said. Take your flocks, herds, and be gone. And oh, look at this. Oh, give me a blessing as you go. And they figured it out. And the Egyptians were uh, urging upon the people to get them out of the land as quickly as possible because they were saying, man, we're as good as dead. The Israelites, they took their bread, yeast, their dough with, with, without yeast and their kneading troughs and their spare clothes and carried them on their shoulders. The people of Israel did as Moses said, asked, look at that. There's that money again. I still don't think that's right. Saints, when we get to heaven, let's see, those streets are, what are they? They're, they're, they're asphalt, aren't they? They're not. Streets of gold. Let me show you something. We'll come right back. But I mean, sometimes we, we, we get, you know, we think, well, I just, I just shouldn't have, uh, I, don't need, I don't need jewelry or anything. Oh, really? Genesis chapter 2. Okay. Now, the heavens and earth were successfully completed. Okay. Seventh day. God said, hey, we're going to relax on the seventh day. It's going to be a blessing. It's a holy day. Well, see how far that's gone. Okay. Here's a summary of the events of creation. Okay, so he created the place. Now, let's get down here to where uh, there's all kind of beautiful trees. Okay, and then there was, of course, the tree of conscience, knowledge of good and evil. Anyway, it says a river from the land of Eden flowed through the garden to water it. Now, we just got through hearing the phrase, the tree of good and knowledge. I mean, the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, that's what that is. Okay. Afterward, the river divided into four branches. One of these is called Pishon. It winds across the entire length of Havilah where nuggets of... Oh, oh, excuse me. Y'all weren't supposed to see that. Excuse me. God didn't create that. Yes, he did. Praise the Lord. Look what he called it. Pure gold. Beautiful bedellum. And even lapis lazuli. My goodness. Oh, that's not enough. I go to Isaiah just a second. Look at this. Isaiah... Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised my peace was upon him. We know that. Okay. Look at this just a second. Oh. 54. Isaiah 54. Skip on down here. Uh, let's see. Hmm, let's see. This is just as in the time of Noah. I swore I'd never uh, again permit the waters to flood over the earth to destroy it. So now I swear I'll never pour out my wrath against you again. Now remember, 53 is a picture of Jesus on the cross. 54 is a picture of after that. Uh, let's see. Look at Here it is. All my people, afflicted people, tossed with tempests, I will rebuild on you the foundation of sapphires. Oh, no. Let's don't get no jewelry. And make the walls of your house from precious jewels. Wait a minute. I'll make your towers sparkling agate and your gates and walls of, of shining gems. Praise the Lord. Wow. Okay. So we can see God doesn't have a problem with that. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So let's go back here to chapter 12. Let's see where we were. Let's see. Oh. All right. We just got the doors all leneled up there. Okay. Yeah. And he said, get out of here. Okay. 
they took, yeah, there they go. They, they, they gave them silver and gold and jewelry and clothing. And the Lord gave the Israelis favor with the Egyptians, so they gave them whatever they wanted. Praise the Lord. Gee. And the Egyptians practically stripped them of, excuse me, and the Egyptians were practically stripped of everything they owned. My goodness. That night, the people of Israel left Ramses. Of course, that couldn't have been real. Yes, it was. You've heard of Ramses. See, you can go back and find these things. And they started for Succoth. There were 600,000 of them besides the women and children. That's where you get the math, thinking it was probably somewhere between 2 million and 6 million. Going afoot, various sorts, one out of them. Flocks and herds, vast exodus of cattle. When they stopped to eat, they baked bread with yeastless dough that they had brought. It was yeastless because the people were pushed out of Egypt and didn't have time for the bread to rise. So that's why it's uh, unleavened bread. The sons of Jacob and their descendants had lived in Egypt 430 years. It was on the last day of the 430th year. See, God had told uh, Abraham this. Anyway, that night uh, was selected by the Lord to bring out his people of Egypt. That same night was selected the date, an annual celebration of God's what? Deliverance. That's what Easter's all about. Jehovah said to Moses and Aaron, these are the rules concerning the observance of, of Passover. No foreigner shall eat the lamb, you know, but any slave who's been purchased may eat it if he's been circumcised. A hired servant or a visiting foreigner may not eat it. In other words, you need to be a Christian. Be a part of the program. You shall all of you shall not, excuse me, you shall all of you who eat each lamb, eat it together in his house and not carry it outside. Okay. You shall not break uh, any of its bones. The congregation shall observe this memorial uh, at the same, at the, uh, at the same time. As to foreigners, if they're living within you and want to observe the Passover, uh, let all the males be circumcised and they can come celebrate with you. Notice it's called a celebration. Gee, daddy, what are we celebrating? Well, let's keep going. So anyway, uh, Oh, the same law applies. Okay, let's, let's cruise on down here. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so the people of Israel followed all of Jehovah's instructions to Moses and Aaron. That very day, the Lord brought all the people of Israel from the land of Egypt and were a wave of them crossing the border. Oh, now, oh, notice this. I'm not going to take all of this in chapter 13, but watch this. The Lord instructed Moses, dedicate to me the firstborn sons of Israel and every firstborn male animal, they are mine. Now, the interesting thing here, when you go read, you didn't have to give your child to, you gave him to the Lord, but you got to keep him, you know. And the reason was all because of Passover. Praise the Lord. He says, the Lord said to Moses, this day is to remember forever the land, the day leaving Egypt and your slavery. So when you think about Easter, we're thinking about Passover, we're thinking the Lord passed over, there was no death, and also freedom from slavery, praise the Lord. I'm not like, you know, people worried about in America. It's worse than that. It's all the things that chain you down to all the problems that could happen in your life. For the Lord brought you out with mighty miracles. Wow. Now, remember in this celebration, you're not supposed to use this, this, this. Now, I'm going to speed ahead just a minute. One last place, and, uh, and then we'll stop. I want to go to... Uh, Second Kings here. Second Kings, we're going to go to 21. And in 21 here, here's a new king. Uh, whoops, let's see. 21, let's go to Second Kings 21, Manasseh. Josiah. Boy, he started out early. He's only in third grade, isn't he? Eight years old. <laughs> he reigned 31 years. Now, these kings, some of them paid attention to the Lord. Some of them had nothing to do with it. Josiah... He paid attention to the Lord. Now watch what happened here. Okay, his mother was Jediah, daughter of Adai, whatever, whatever. Okay, character, he was pretty good. He was a pretty good king. Uh, let's see, in the 18th year of his reign, Josiah sent his secretary, to uh, Shaphan, to the temple to give instructions to the high priest. Collect the money given to the priest 
that come to worship. Give this money to the building superintendent so that the carpenters and masons can repair the temple and buy lumber. The temple had just kind of gone to the dogs here, okay? The building superintendents were not required to keep an account for they were honest men. Okay, now watch what happened here. One day, Hilkiah, the priest, high priest, went to Shaphan, the secretary, and exclaimed, Hey, I discovered a scroll in the temple. Can you imagine you finally finding your Bible after living 40-something years and you hadn't been listening to any of the Bible? See, we don't realize that because we're in a Bible belt. Thank God. We get some great benefits, okay? But these guys had gotten that far. They didn't know. Oh, they still had the temple. You know, it's kind of hard to move a bunch of rocks. But their daddy king and the king before that brought the sun god stuff in there. They had all kind of stupid things inside this temple that had nothing to do with the Lord. Anyway, so he gave the scroll, or the book, the Bible, to Shaphan to read, okay? When Shaphan, we'll just call him Steve. When Steve read it to the king about the, no, excuse me. When Shaphan reported to the king the process of the repairs, he mentioned, hey, by the way, uh, they found a scroll in there. Well, anyway, so Shaphan read it to the king. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is Josiah. When the king heard what was written, he tore his clothes in terror. He claimed to, he commanded uh, Hilkiah the priest and Shaphan and, and all these guys. He said to ask the Lord, what are we going to do? Because we've obviously not been following the instructions in this book. You must be very angry with us for neither we nor our ancestors have followed your commands. Okay. Anyway, Hilkiah the priest and this guy and this guy and this guy and this, they went to... Uh, uh, Anyway, just say they went to Gunnersville, whatever, the section of Jerusalem, and they found uh, Huldah, the prophetess. She was the wife of Shalom, son of this guy, whatever. I mean, son of... Anyway, uh, also, they had a little tailor shop. Okay. She gave this message from the Lord. Tell the man who sent... Now, watch closely. Tell the man who sent me, sent you to me that I'm going to destroy the city and its people, just as I stated in that book. God said, if you're going to worship other gods, you are toast. It's not like, well, I'm going to get you. No. You worship other gods, you have no protection. You know? Anyway, but notice what happened. For the people of Judah has thrown me aside and have worshipped other gods, made me very angry, and my anger can't be stopped. But because you were sorry and concerned and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you read the book and its warnings that this land would be cursed and become desolate, because you torn your clothes before me in contrition, I will listen to your plea. Look at this. The death of this nation will not come until after you die. Wow. You get a break in your life. You will not see the evil that I'm going to bring upon this land. So they took this message to the king. All right, here we go. We've got to stop here. Then the king sent the elders of the, and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem to the temple with him. So all the priests, now this is the king Josiah. All the priests, the prophets and the people, great and small, little ones, just like in the back. They gathered at the temple so that the king could read them the entire book of God's laws which had been discovered in the temple. Like, kind of like what we're doing right now. We're just reading the word, which is great. It'll be a lot more beneficial to you than just hearing me yak about some stories in my life. He stood beside the pillar in front of the people, and he made a solemn promise to the Lord to obey, all, to obey him at all times and to do everything commanded in the book. Then the king instructed Hilkiah, the high priest, and the rest of the priests and the guards of the temple to destroy all the equipment. Look what was in the church for crying out loud. The worship of Baal. Throw your kids to the fire. Asherah, same thing. Sun, moon, and stars. What were they doing? Gee, the king had it all burned in the field of Kidron Valley, but outside of Jerusalem, and he carried the ashes to Bethel. He killed all the heathen priests who had been appointed by the previous kings of Judah. Oh, a bunch of dipsticks. Gee, for they had burned incense in the shrines and the hills throughout Egypt. 
I mean, throughout Judah and Jerusalem. They'd also offered incense to Baal and the sun, moon, stars, and planets. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. God moves in the planets. I think something great's going to happen to me this week because Jupiter's lined up with, why don't you just pray in the name of Jesus and you'll get it. Glory to God. But that's how far these people had gotten. They didn't think the Lord would do anything for them anyway. All right, he burned it and he threw it to dust on the graves of the common people, uh, beat it to dust. Okay, all these, those idols. He tore down the houses of male prostitution, yee, around the temple where the women uh, wove robes for the Ashereth idol. Wow, he brought back the Jerusalem priest uh, to Jerusalem, the priest of the Lord, who were living in the cities of Judah, tore down the shrines. Where, uh, he did, this was a major campaign. Okay, got rid of all that stuff. Then the king, uh, he destroyed uh, uh, the altar of Topheth, another boy. Wow, see, notice this. So that no one could ever use it to burn his son or daughter to death to sacrifice Molech. See, that's what was going on in Egypt. Well, God's just so mean. No, he wasn't either. They were asking for it. Okay, he tore down the statues of horses and chariots located at the entrance to the temple next to this Molech thing, whatever. Oh, anyway, all these were done. They were dedicated by the former kings to the sun god for crying out loud. Gee, okay. Then he tore down the altars of the kings of Judah and the place, the palace. Anyway, the Ahaz room. Boy, he wiped all this stuff out. Now, I want to get down to notice here some more. The evil god of the Amorites. He, he smashed all of this stuff. Now, why did he do that? He finally read the Bible and thought, oh, my goodness. As Josiah was looking around, he found several graves in the side of a mountain. He ordered his men to bring out the bones of them and to burn them upon the altar of Bethel to defile it, just as the Lord promised. Okay, now let me skip down on just a little bit here. He's on a roll here. Oh, here we go. Then the Lord issued, excuse me, then the king ordered these issues, issued these orders to observe the Passover ceremonies. Now, what's that? What's the Passover? Well, we do. Well, now we know. There had never been a Passover celebration like it since the days of the judges of Israel, and there was never another one like it in all the years of the kings of Israel. This Passover was in the 18th year of King Josiah, and it was celebrated in Jerusalem. Now, remember, again, this is a celebration. I know we wear nice clothes and stuff in Easter, but there's a reason for Easter. It's We're free from slavery. We've got not only promise for heaven, but we've got this silver and gold, and things are just supposed to work out for us. Praise the Lord. Oh, we're running out of time here. Let me close this piece out right here. Oh, let's see. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, that, that's far enough. But anyway, oh, like I say, the, you know, what was interesting is that, remember, they were just clicking along and didn't even realize it. Didn't realize that, uh, you know, just, I mean, it, Hilkiah, Shaphan's who it was, was just sweeping up the, and he goes, hey, what's that over there? It's the Bible, praise the Lord. But anyway, all these fantastic promises belong to you and I because Jesus, like I said, he's our Passover. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that if we're not feeling good, according to you, Passover, glory to God, there's so much involved there. You'll take care of our health of our bodies. Same thing's true, obviously, financially. And if we're facing something that's not related to finances, it's not related to our health, it's just, oh, we've just got problems ahead of us. We'll just do exactly what David did. He just asked the Lord for your help. Get us out from, save us from all our enemies, and he'll do it. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave records about how you're blessing us so much. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay.